Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it. Hello, Heresy friends. Welcome back. So we're going to jump into Siege of Chthonia. I am your host, Bill. And if it's your first time tuning in for a little bit, welcome, welcome. And if you've been following along with us throughout the uh, couple of years that we've been running, then uh, welcome back. So getting things all kind of ready for Siege of Chthonia, uh, I wanted to focus on two main pieces in this. Uh, the Legionis and Ducty. And then talking about the uh, Horse Heresy Zone Mortalis rules. Uh, if you really want to do like a full deep dive of the book itself, I would recommend checking out the uh, write-ups from uh, Goonhammer. They do a pretty comprehensive review. Um, it's it's decent if you got, you know, 15, 20 minutes for a read. Uh, but without further ado, jump into a little bit of hobby stuff. Um, I, I'm also rolling uh, rolling solo today. I just kind of wanted to uh, talk about this. Um, I'm super excited about it. I know not everyone has the book yet. Some people had issues getting it. So I decided to jump in solo and just uh, bring some news to you. So for hobby stuff, I've been kind of cranking out on some Templar Brethren. I know they've been a long time in the making. I'm rocking those uh, Tortuga Bay MK2 uh, bodies uh, with tabards. And I'm telling you guys, they look super sweet. I would definitely... Uh, Definitely recommend all the uh, Tortuga Bay products. Everything from MK2 all the way to MK7. Tons of different uh, variations. Lots of Legion specific stuff, which is really cool. Uh, you can check out the link in the description to the video. For other heresy stuff that I've been working on, uh, I'm still toiling through that pile of um, goodies I got from Battle Bling. going to be rocking a special Land Raider Proteus. And it's going to have the uh, MK2B um, upgrades that uh, Artisans of Vol teamed up with Battlebling and kind of uh, released a bunch of kits. Uh, so that's going to be nice. I'm trying to track down some Templar-specific doors that will fit inside. Might have to touch base with a couple people, see if I can get a uh, file printed out, just so, just so I'm able to make that a pure, dedicated Land Raider for those Templar brethren. Uh, just... Really fun squad. Uh, I know I was kind of actually a hater a little bit in the beginning when uh, I first kind of heard about them because I was like, power armor, two wounds. Um, but it's artificer armor, much to my uh, surprise. Two wounds, let's go five. Uh, they're actually pretty hardy. The power sword isn't like legit great, um, but still, you know, p 3 rending six plus, which is kind of a common theme in my army just with all the uh, Iliasis assault cannons. So. It's not uh, not too too bad of a uh, of a unit, mm. um, but overall, yeah, that's that's kind of my main focus right now is just getting that squad ready, getting that land raider ready, uh, or the Proteus, I should say. Sorry, um, trying to get everything uh, whipped up for uh, Boys of the Golden Throne memorial event in November, uh, which will be a lot of fun. I know Andy and I were uh, both slotted to go down and. Bust it out, so get some of those sweet, sweet games in. 
Uh, it's always good hanging out with all the all the crew down there, so uh, that'll be pretty nice. Um, but yeah, that's basically on the hoppy front. Uh, lots of lots of uh, work on the backside. It's kind of the ugly behind the scenes shit that you guys don't usually see, and it's there's been a lot of kind of uh, store merch ideas. We've been kind of looking at making uh, custom trays. We've been kind of doing just a bunch of different stuff for all the different systems we're playing, which is a lot. Um, there's been lots of kind of updating on the slow grow uh, Titanicus that we have starting here. Um, it's a league that's going to be kicking off in July, and it's going to be running alongside our uh, Desperation campaign, which our event Iron Without was actually a primer for. So uh, that'll that'll be pretty sweet. I know we're polishing up a few more missions, so to get in uh, touch with a few guys down east. Um, I haven't forgot, I swear. Uh, it's just been uh, super busy trying to get things rolling, so um, get a little bit of time here in the next few days, hopefully, and uh, touch base with those guys and get some uh, cross-Canada crusade action going. So, um, But enough of that. We're here for some meat and potatoes. So I want to kind of touch about uh, touch base on these inductee. Uh, the inductee are really cool. They're a new unit um, in the Siege of Chthonia book. And now there, there's some certain special rules that these are going to apply to. Uh, essentially, some of the inductee rules, depending on legions, um, they're going to modify uh, some of your war gear options, either remove or add. It's going to uh, open up other options for you to take that are legion specific. Um, some of the special rules might get changed as well. Uh, it, it's definitely it's definitely interesting. Uh, they do maintain their Legion of Stardis X faction. So whatever Legion they are, they'll actually maintain that, which is fine. Uh, but it does have quite a, uh, quite a comprehensive list. The subunit type, this is where it gets really interesting. And I'll, I'll explain. So a inductee subunit type cannot be joined by any other models or have any other models assigned to it which basically your your toast for tech marines apothecaries hqs whatever uh, no model in the unit that includes any model the inductee subtype may exchange their power armor for artificer armor so that right there either is telling me that the inductee uh, they're rolling out are obviously either not not worthy of rocking out artificer armor and that artificer armor is an actual intended game mechanic or else they would have just made the same change here. Um, debate me if you're wrong, if you think that's wrong. I think that's pretty legit. Yeah, okay, it can be gamey, and you can tank a lot of uh, bolters or whatever at AP3, but I don't know. I don't know about you, but, you know, every once in a while, it's really hot, especially on these pickup games with your buddies. You're just, you know, uh, kicking lots of ass. Sergeant's just Rambo. He's tanking, you know, 25 shots throughout a game. And then in events, you try and tank that and pull some bullshit, and no, you're dying first or second roll. So it's just just the way it is. Uh, but but I do think it's intended. Uh, nonetheless, if you don't think so, let me know in the comments, because I'd like to hear what you say. And then a unit that includes any models with the inductive subtype has the support squad special rule. Uh, overall, not horrible. They're not going to be your comp troops. Um, but it does give me ideas if you want to run more of a um, narrative feel 
or if you want to run something a little bit more like the old school centurion rules you could take away a lot of the bullshit from having super you know super juiced up sergeants and squads and you could really run if you want to go that old school just three plus on everybody rock out just you could run these inductee um alongside some of your actual comp troops which is nice um I'll talk about just pretty much the main main legion that I'm going to be playing anyways is uh, these Imperial Fists inductee template. Um, a lot of them, a lot of these templates actually, they, they all change to a varying degree. Uh, it's going to be basically built up of uh, tactical squads and they are going to gain your inductee unit subtype for every 10 models in a unit modified by the Imperial Fist inductee template. One legionary may exchange his bolter for a heavy bolter or an auto cannon. Special rules, all models in the unit modified by the inductee template must replace heart of the legion with supporting fire special rule. Uh, this is one of those things we were talking about earlier. Supporting fire is a once per battle rule. Controlling player of a unit that includes any models uh, with the rule supporting fire. May declare before making shooting attack with that unit. Uh, until that shooting attack is resolved, weapons with the heavy subtype in that unit gain the pinning special rule in addition to any other effects their weapons might have. Um, that's pretty sweet. Uh, free pinning on your heavy weapons is pretty nice. Uh, obviously auto cannon all the way. Um, especially with, you know, you, you're still going to be getting the plus one ballistic skill for your uh, Imperial Fists uh squads so it's kind of a nice little bonus added i think um plus range and everything else uh there's a ton obviously there's one for every legion that go through here I, again i don't want to be cranking out way too much detail about these um like i said the goon hammer right up is a lot better um just to go in, in depth plus i don't think you want to hear me just sit here and drone on anyways um that's one of the really kind of exciting things is it's a new a new squad type uh, for heresy, which I think we're we're really starting to feel the need for a little bit of a, a little bit of a change, and I know that's kind of a weird uh, weird thing to say. Uh, essentially, you know, year in review, uh, heresy's been out for about a year. Uh, we've got this as our kind of black book that's coming out. Is it the same as the old black books? Yeah, it's got some nice stuff to it. I, I definitely miss the hard cover uh, leather bound uh, books. I think those were just super, super nice. This is definitely uh, a lot more of a uh, commercialized book, obviously, so you can sell a lot of them, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I do feel that Heresy needs to definitely keep momentum up and keep pushing, uh, bringing out new units. Um, the Siege of Chthonia, I, I really don't know if Imperial Fist needed anything extra in terms of uh, an army boost. It's just a little bit too much, maybe. There is some disparity amongst the legions, and I think a lot of uh, the legions that are lacking in multiple special units or HQs uh, really need some love. I, I, I assume this is going to be the first of many campaign books. And as these campaign books drop, um, they'll pick two units or two legions and they'll kind of up them and make them uh, better. I would like to see them kind of 
bounce all over the place and uh, show some of those Forgotten Legions a little bit more love. I think that would be widely accepted as uh, a cool dude move uh, by Forge World and Games Workshop. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, One thing that I've kind of been thinking about, this is super off topic, but one thing I've been thinking about with Heresy, and this is just me. Um, we try and keep it really positive on the uh, channel, but there's there's a couple things that I've been thinking about a lot. And for me, I like that the range is going to plastic. I like that we're getting options that we've never had before. It, it's really nice. Um, what I don't like is they're not pumping out the infantry and the support um models or the support upgrade pieces that we desperately need for our armies fast enough they're coming but they're like they're a wait still you know you're waiting till the end of the year you're waiting for some 2024 action um it seems like a super long road and then we're getting a lot of a lot of tanks i know uh horus heresy reveal you know tank thursday everything else um it's just having multiple infantry kits drop now would benefit almost everybody versus just having specific plastic tanks coming out now benefiting a select few some guys don't want to run tanks some guys want to run lots of infantry obviously heresy 2.0 is your heresy edition um it's just going to be all infantry like infantry is in a really good place it's a very um infantry driven game as far as i'm concerned now whereas in hh 1.0 it was uh kind of like a mix of 50 50 tanks definitely felt a little bit more resilient than they do now uh they also feel a lot more uh, impactful with just uh, the different weapon types that they have and the damage they're able to do tanks can still hit hard um i just think everything's changed for that sense um so it is a little bit different, but I, I, I really would like some of these other um, infantry kits to come out and hopefully they can do a, a little bit more uh, polishing on some of the books and rules. Um, Siege of Cthonia book has a bunch of different style missions. It kind of has a set of, I want to say like competitive missions where they've kind of dabbled with some progressive scoring and also with like a multiple first blood uh, on your turn kind of um, mechanic in it, which I think just kind of uh, perpetuates the problem of alpha strikes and trying to like wipe your opponent off the board first turn. I think the progressive scoring's a step in the right direction, um, very similar to what 40k does. Um, say what you will about the system itself, but 40k has a really good scoring mechanic in it where one, you can not only build your secondaries, pick your secondaries based on how you're building your army um, and how your opponent's army is built, but you can also um, mitigate the secondaries you're going to give up by building your army a certain way, uh, which is a whole other layer of this uh, tactical choice, uh, which I really do like. Um, but anyways, baby steps. It's a step in the right direction. My... my uh, my hope is that they continue to work on these quote-unquote more competitive missions um, 
and just keep tweaking them and honing them to make them a little bit better. I know we've been primarily focusing on a lot of uh, kind of narrative-based mission stuff now and just having a little bit more lighthearted fun uh, with it. But, you know, it, it's it's always nice to play missions that reward a little bit more of a harder play and uh, have a little bit more tactical um, depth or, uh, I guess, consequences to them. Uh, you know, when you and your buddies are playing a little bit harder games, it's all about mitigating your mistakes and trying to really capitalize on opportunities that you get uh, in the, you know, white-hot battlefield fire. So it's it's a couple, uh, a couple little nuggets of hope, anyways, that things are going to get a little bit more improved. Um, the one thing that I, I want to talk about as a whole, though, for like the state of heresy is... I'm kind of in a weird spot where, again, like I said, I like the old support, but to me, it's kind of starting to feel like, regardless of what comes out, I think Forge Rule and GW assume that we're just going to gobble up no matter what. It, it, it feels like, even if they bring out like a bad product or like a bad book, it doesn't matter because majority of the heresy guys are so starved and from that like neglecting um, Forge World father figure uh, in 1.0 that, you know, they'll take anything they can get. They just want a little bit of a, just a little drip of something. And, you know, like it's cool that those, an example, it's great that those knights came out in plastic. Um, that's really cool. I'm glad the Lancer's there. I'm sure you've all seen the sprue of the upgrade um archon and then obviously the castigator is going to be coming out great that's awesome but when majority of the warhammer world events and even events around the globe are banning knight armies is it really still awesome does it really feel awesome still because to me it feels kind of like a i don't want to say a waste it just feels like a missed opportunity um they they need to try to address what the common fear is with knights. And I, I personally don't think the big knights are an issue. It's the armagers, um, armagers online uh, that spark a lot of controversy just because of the way that they interact with the game. Um, they they break a lot of the rules. They don't follow the same, um, same rules as normal vehicles do. Uh, it's very hard to affect them with Melta or Haywire or any of that stuff. Uh, they're basically kind of like they just they play outside what most armies are able to bring to deal with that type of unit, uh, which is super easy to fix. Um, they could easily do it with just changing some of the keywords, the special rules, anyways. Um, but it, that's that's kind of where I feel like we're just we're we're paying we're paying top dollar. We're supporting a system that we do love and that we we really enjoy. Like I'm not trying to hate on it, but it feels like sometimes we're getting like subpar releases. And again, because we're so hungry for the system, it's just kind of like, yeah, push it out and everyone will love it. And it's not really a big, not really a big deal. Like, I, I don't know. It just feels kind of weird like that to me. Um, I might be alone on that. I, I know, I know we should be happy and thankful for what we've got, uh, which yes, I am. But, uh, you know, I, I always I always like to think of more or how we could have improvements done. Um, 
you know, some of the PDF units, the legacy units. Be nice for a lot of that stuff to update or change. Now it's been like a year. Um, if, if they were able to track any kind of data from it, it would be nice to address that stuff, uh, especially, you know, um, some of the more oppressive units. And I'm going to pick on the Filamentaris, Ultramarine Filamentaris Terminators. The Brutal 2 is crazy. Um, being able to fire without line of sight. Okay, it's powerful when comboed up with a Brutal 2 Strength 8 missile. But if you reduce that a little bit, I don't think it would be as bad. Um, especially when the Brutal 2 is causing instant death if you're failing. Uh, that's kind of where the field bads come from. That's just one unit in particular. Um, but I just, as an example, it'd be nice to have those kind of addressed. I know everybody's sitting on a trove of old school models that they just want to keep playing. But, you know, when the rules aren't great and, you know, you don't really want to play them because, narrative or not, there's a difference between, you know, a uh, Lord of War tank that's, you know, 400 to 550 or you're paying like 850 and that's that that also leads for some feel bad moments. So just stuff like that. Um, I don't want to ramble too much about that. It's just it, it's it's a thought that's occurred to me that I just kind of feel like we're we're we're, we're kind of uh, not getting not getting a fair shake of uh, what I think we should be deserving uh, for heresy stuff. So. Anyways, you, you let me know what you think about that. Uh, what I do want to get into now, though, is Zomortalis. And Zomortalis has been updated a little bit. It's pretty good. From looking at it, they've got a full breakdown of terrain. Uh, they've got a full breakdown on some of the Zomortalis-specific special rules. Uh, the terrain types are really cool that they go through. Gives everything kind of a once-over. Uh, it does have very specific... What I've noticed in this is very specific sizing and the way that you can lay out your terrain. Um, having your controls and doors accessible. Uh, the crush rule, which I think is actually an updated version. Um, very similar to Kill Team for 40k. Uh, basically, if a door is changed from open to closed state, uh, the results in one or more models from any unit no longer being positioned in unit coherency. The model that is part of the unit suffers an immediate uh, strength AP dash wound with no armor saves, invulnerable saves, or damage mitigation rules allowed. The door terrain is then destroyed, so it kind of just like crushes one of the models, kills a dude, and then the door is like, destroyed, which is really cool. Um, they have a lot of rule with the hazardous terrain, debris, um, a bunch of different ladders, hatches, so you can really start to build up in this uh, kind of like a three-dimensional this three-dimensional big battle zone, which I think that's where zone really kind of excels. Um, the nice thing about it is uh, you can double this terrain up for your Necromunda kill team boarding action, whatever you really want. Uh, Centurion games, like you pretty much name it, you can do it, uh, which is really cool. What I really want to focus on, though, um, is some of the restrictions in Zomortalis. So a nice thing with Zomortalis, and this is going to be under preparing for battle. Um, so no units can be more than 15. That's that's a common thing that's still there. Uh, so you can't have armor type, cavalry. You can't have fortifications. 
You cannot have anti-grav subunit types. No dedicated transports. No models with a dreadnought unit type or automata type or monstrous creature unit subtype. Um, maybe chosen if they have wound characteristics of eight or more. So Margal, sorry, uh, word bearers, you don't get that. And no units may be placed in reserves and all models um, that must be deployed via reserves may not be deployed in Zorn Metallus mission and they are counted as destroyed. One thing, a lot of that's pretty common. Uh, and It's nice that they emphasize that um, characteristics of eight or more for the wounds, but this is where it gets really good. Behemoths of Destruction. So regardless of any right of war or similar army composition rules, such as cohort doctrines, the army may only include a maximum of one model with the Dreadnought unit type per 1,000 points with, uh, and, sorry, and the Talons, they only, uh, you can't take a Talon. Jesus. You can only take one Dreadnought choice per Force Orc slot. Uh, they recommend 15 to 2k, so 2k max, you're only going to be able to take two Dreadnoughts itself. Um, I really like that they took and ran with this. I do believe this was kind of a, a general, kind of gentleman's agreement uh, online with a lot of people. I know SM Battle Reports was starting to run like that as well. Uh, they also have some other rules, like you can't uh, tank more uh, Artificer Armor wounds than your initiative, stuff like that. Uh, cool. I'd like that Games Workshop included this in Zone Mortalis because it doesn't need to be a Dreadnought fight in Zone. Um, I was surprised that the Force Org had an option for a Primark. I was like, what the fuck? Like, might be a little heavy-handed, but at the same time, if you want to have, you know, uh, Russ boarding the uh, Vengeful Spirit, you can reenact some uh, Old Spain book and check that out. Which... That book's amazing, so if you uh, are a Space Wolves or Sons of Horus player, definitely get on it. I really like that rule. Uh, the uh, placing Zone Mortalis terrain, it goes through a lot of this stuff, has some nice uh, designer notes for the wall tiles, uh, not to exceed you know certain lengths and heights, uh, which is really cool. Designating ceilings if you really want to. And I know we have talked a little bit about this um, with our army before. So you can determine, as we're getting to some of the really good stuff, determining strategic advantage. There are reinforcement uh, points. And so you can determine reinforcement points. So before beginning deployment, each player must calculate how many reinforcement points they have at a starting total. Unless otherwise noted, this will be six per player however some missions may mean that each player has more or less than this and this in these instances the amount of reinforcement points each player has as a starting total will be indicated in the mission rules at the end of each turn each player will gain a number of reinforcement points otherwise noted uh, this is two per player but certain missions special rules may affect this amount for example controlling or denying objectives or destroying enemy units the nice thing is so you may find it useful to keep track of how many reinforcement points you have by keeping a tally or using tokens or dice depending on which force org chart slot is a given unit is selected as alters how many reinforcements how many reinforcement points it actually costs to place in your deployment zone during 
deployment or place on the battlefield from reinforcements. Some missions may present an alternate chart of costs, but for Zorn Mortalis missions that do not use the following chart. So to actually allocate and drop your your Primark, it's going to cost eight. HQs are four points. Elites are two points. Uh, a troop is one. Fast attack is two. Heavy support is three. Um, it's interesting, uh, just the way that works. It's just what's nice is over the course of an actual battle, you may not be able to get everybody on. And at least with Primarchs, you're going to have to wait a full turn, if nothing else is on, to actually jump on the table with them. Which is going to be interesting. I think that's to obviously mitigate some of the shenanigans you can pull with a lot of the HQs. Um, I know uh, on the channel we've been talking a lot about zone. And you're probably going to see us shifting gears to a lot of zone mortalis in the next uh, little while. It uh, it will probably be one of our mainstay heavy hitters uh, for a little while. It's just uh, Zone's always been a lot of fun. And being able to wrap that up in a bunch of different systems is obviously just a huge benefit for us. Uh, I just want to read this the, uh, designer note for larger armies. When fighting battles using 2,000 points or more, the Zone Mortalis rules and missions presented here, specifically the reinforcement point cost and reinforcement rules, may mean that even over the course of an extended battle, it may not be possible to place every unit on the battlefield. This is a deliberate consequence intended to cause players to make tactical choices during the course of a dynamic battle, where considered deployment of specific units at the right time and position can have a significant impact on the outcome. I do feel that with those reinforcement points and the way that kind of is, I feel that you could get really fun and engaging games with zone mortalis more so than you can probably get from a 3000 point um straight up like age of darkness regular mission it feels like there's a little room for some competitive play in there as well i'll be honest i think that's pretty sweet um yeah, they have a lot of rules in here just for, again, your reinforcements. Moving on from reinforcements, so you're basically allocating points to your units. Uh, coming on from an access point on your controlling player's battlefield edge. Um, yeah. Reactive players choosing to do reaction. All you can use is interceptor as the advanced reaction. Uh, basically, yeah, they have some counter assault stuff where you're allowing players to place units on the battlefield from reinforcements as a counter assault. Uh, when you get moved onto the battlefield, you may choose to expend um, some points in addition. Uh, those expended to deploy the unit itself in order to place unit on the battlefield. Instead, moving on from an access point. Oh, so this is almost kind of like a, it's like an outflank rule. So instead of coming from your table edge, you can choose to pick the flanks, which is kind of a cool way as well. Um, some sudden death stuff. So that's pretty common. That's old school. No models at the end of your turn. You're done. I definitely, I definitely see us cranking out a lot of uh, a lot of zone games though in the future. Uh, I think collectively, locally here, we've probably got eight or nine different uh, zone boards so 
uh, that'll definitely make some pretty legit, you know, uh, campaigns, events, and just overall like giant uh, sessions where you can really start to push multi-system events. So you can have your Age of Darkness frontline missions, you can have your zone missions, you can have your Adeptus Titanicus missions. You know, we all know Epic is going to be coming out, so you can have some Epic games going as well. You can just make it a multi-theater Horus Heresy event, which I think that's where the real, um, some of the real fun is going to be. Because then from there, you can really start to break down and tell your own stories. Uh, you can start to really, really enrich that player experience. And I think that's obviously why we why we mainly play Heresy. Obviously, rolling dice and uh, butchering each other's armies is a big part of that as well. Um, it's just, yeah, we've, we've really been liking the... Uh, the narrative part it's just it's it, it's hard you know all old habits die hard it's nice to be able to play some of those comp comp games with a little bit stronger armies and uh um, armies designed for this in mind where i, I think zone mortalis will really help that shine uh at least that's my intent or my hope for it so uh we'll, we'll definitely see how that goes uh as far as that is going we're looking at kind of doing a couple different things uh, with the channel, specifically with 30k. I know right now we're probably, it's like once every three weeks, I think we're dropping some content, uh, which, you know, we're going to continue to maintain that as we go. Um, we just want to make sure that it's going to be uh, meaningful content for you guys and, uh, you know, not just kind of filler episodes, much like this one probably feels, uh, but it was just... I, I was excited about the book. I really wanted to chat about it. I know we were kind of planning on talking about some tanks, doing like a treadhead episode. Um, but this one, I just, with the zone rules and all the extra hype from, uh, from you know, online on the pages, uh, I definitely wanted to jump on and talk about the inductee, talk about uh, the Siege of Gathonia book itself. Um, pretty legit overall. Uh, again, uh is it worth the money? Yeah, I think so. For the 75 bucks or 70 bucks that it cost, I, th I think it was worth the money overall. I also play Imperial Fist, so um, take that for what you will. Uh, if you play either of those two armies, Imperial Fist and Sons of Horus, it's definitely worth the money. Uh, they mention a lot of like allies of Chaos or you know allies of the traitor armies and stuff like that. There's not really much in there for any traitor other factions except for Inductee Rules. Um, that's really the only thing you're getting out of this book. And then obviously missions and stuff. So it, it is what it is. Uh, the Siege of Chthonia campaign itself, I think will be a lot of fun. If you go and jump on and play it with your friends, that'll be good. Um, you can probably adapt every mission in this book. Uh, it's just a little bit of tweaking, which I don't think would be an issue at all. Um, another thing, uh, we want to just kind of mention is, uh, big thanks to everyone who is uh, continuing to support us. Uh, we really pre appreciate the uh, Patreons. So we got Frederick, Dustin, and Chris. Uh, big shout out, you guys. Uh, you guys are helping us improve the channel. You let us, you know, um, uh, enjoy, you know, a cold brew after rocking out some terrain building or an event. Uh, you, you know, interact with us on the page. We're starting to develop our patron program where we can actually start maybe doing some swag or having exclusive content just for you guys. 
uh, which is nice. So uh, we really appreciate that. Um, again, all the links are in the description if you are so inclined uh, to jump on board. And from there, uh, we'll also be uh, looking at doing those sprue and review videos again. I know those were actually pretty popular back when we uh, started. And I, I think there's something to be said for the way um, Andy really broke down a lot of the, the kits, uh, for new players especially. Um, there's still a lot of new players jumping in. There's still a lot of heresy curious people jumping in. So I know the, the main goal is to try to look at that stuff, especially with what we've got still. You know, we're not sitting on endless reserves of uh, her heresy. Well, I'm I'm sitting on a decent amount, so we'll have uh, we'll have some okay content to throw out for you for a while still. Uh, and then obviously, as Zomortalis ramps up, we'll we'll do that. It's just uh, we want to make sure, yeah, we're we're kind of hitting all the all the stops. Um, and as always, if there's ever something that you want to talk about specifically uh, with heresy, uh, definitely let us know. I know we're always we're always kind of chatting ideas and doing think tank sessions on you know loadouts and certain army builds and whatnot. And uh, I I enjoy that part the most. I, I think um, you know doing the think tank for army builds is just super super fun. Uh, very much. Um, very much you can make it a game yourself, right? Uh, if you really want to hamstring your armies and, you know, how much can I actually take with as little upgrades as possible? How much can I outnumber the enemy? And uh, you'd be surprised that, you know, you're not actually doing that terribly. Um, your army can be quite resilient and you don't always need all the super upgrades. So there's just, yeah, lots, lots of stuff to consider with that anyways. That's a whole another tangent. Um, yeah, this, this week was just kind of a quick little shorty as we wanted to kind of just jump in, talk about, like I said, Siege of Chthonia book, just some main, main pointers on this. Um, as we go, uh, we'll definitely, uh, jump back into some regular content. We'll probably do the Treadhead episode next, uh, just to talk about, you know, who does the best armored breakthrough army and why is it Iron Hands? Uh, so anyways... Uh, I, I definitely appreciate you guys listening and, uh, uh, you know, taking your time to uh, ponder on some of these ideas. Uh, please hit me up in the comments um, with anything that I've talked about here. If you, uh, you know, agree or disagree, or if you're feeling, you know, the same with uh, some of the heresy releases, I definitely would look forward to hearing from you. And we will definitely catch up with you later.